Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode of Switchcraft is brought to you by Jonathan Hill. Support Switchcraft and my other content for as little as a dollar and get exclusive rewards at patreon.com slash run jump stomp. Episode 160 of Switchcraft is brought to you by Audible. Get a free book and directly support my content by checking out Audible. They have thousands of books from every genre you're definitely going to find something you like just head on over to runjumpstomp.com slash audible switchcraft is recorded live three times a week on tuesdays and thursdays at 3 p.m u.s eastern and on saturday at whenever i can get around to it make sure that you tune in live over at twitch.tv slash run jump stomp So Membrane is a game for the Nintendo Switch. It is a physics-based puzzle game, and I'm not going to talk really much about the game because um, I spent uh, an entire half an hour talking to Seth Scott, uh, the developer of the game. He's with Perfect Hat Games. It's his first game, and it's his game on the Nintendo Switch. And uh, we talked for about a 30 minutes or so. If you want to watch my preview, my first 10 minutes of the game, you can click on the link in the show notes. And if you want to watch or listen to the interview while you watch gameplay uh, footage, then you can also click on a different link in the show notes. Uh, But the entire interview is right here for you guys to check out. This is a bonus episode. Um, (laughs) Vaxxer and Chad is saying they are recorded when I record them. That's true. They are. Um, this is a bonus episode. Uh, we just finished recording episode 159, and we are recording 160 right away. Um, I really appreciate you guys for hanging out. And uh, just real quick, the thing that I usually say at the end, if you are looking for a way to support my content, head over to runjumpstomp.com slash thank you. All the links there help me create more content. Thank you very much for your support. And thank you to Seth Scott for coming on the show to talk about their game. So without further ado, uh, here is the interview in full. And I will see you guys next time. Bye-bye. So I am here with uh, Seth Scott from Perfect Hat Games, and they are the creators of Membrane for the Nintendo Switch. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Seth. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. I'm delighted to be here. So um, what is your, what's your elevator pitch for your game? Um, so uh, Membrane is uh, a creative action puzzle game uh, where players get to build, bend, and break the world around them to interact with and solve uh all the different physics-based puzzles awesome what do you do on the dev team um so i i guess kind of do everything a little bit of everything um you know the the team is uh composed of my my wife jess and myself um and a the game started out as my thesis project uh in graduate school um and yeah, we kind of 
did it all ourselves and uh, recorded the music, did the art, did the programming, level design, marketing. Uh, yeah, everything was done in-house, I guess, so to speak. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, okay, for, first off, you mentioned the art. I would say that is one of the first things that I noticed about Membrane uh, is your, it's got an extremely unique art style. I would say that it reminded me of like 1990s MTV animation shows. I don't know if you were. Yeah. Uh, liquid television. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Is, is that like the inspiration for that? Or, or can you just talk a little bit about the inspiration for the art in membrane? Because it's really unique. Sure. Yeah. Um, first of all, it's great that that's kind of the reference or the, the place that your mind went with it. Um, because yeah, definitely, you know, uh, my wife and I are both uh, in our mid thirties and kind of grew up uh, as teenagers in uh, the nineties. Um, and so we're definitely, you know, whether it's comes through in, in all of our art or only some of it, we're definitely super inspired by the kind of uh, MTV ish um, liquid television kind of stuff. Like you were talking about um, that little kind of little more like rough, 90s animation um which we both kind of grew up loving uh so that's that's where part of it comes from and i think some of the other stuff was a little bit more about um the game design and kind of functionality of the game and having you know this kind of simple color palette in a way to make uh things easier for the players to read and kind of scan as they're looking and exploring the levels um so yeah, that's kind of where the two kind of uh, parts of it come together. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Where did your um? What talk a little bit about your history as a gamer? Like what what kind of games did you play? I mean, you said that this is your uh, what started out as your thesis, so you probably haven't made much before this, unless it's just been like little personal projects. But what kind of games did you play when you were growing up that said, "Okay, I want I want to make my own games." <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. Um, I mean, I guess I, uh, the first kind of video game console I ever got was a Nintendo in the late eighties, um, an NES and grew up, you know, late eighties and throughout the nineties playing, you know, uh, Nintendo and Sega, you know, all those consoles that were just the main kind of things you could find, um, both handheld and console, whether it was Game Boy or Game Gear, um, Definitely loved, uh, you know, Nintendo games, Super Mario World, and Mario RPG, Donkey Kong Country. Obviously, kind of hit all those benchmarks of that kind of golden age, 16-bit Nintendo era. Um, and uh, but I also started kind of getting a little more into, I guess, more experimental or indie titles um, as I kind of started getting into college and stuff like that. And that's kind of where I got this first um idea in my mind that like maybe i could make games or there's this kind of other area of games that's not just the this kind of stereotypical perfectly crafted platform or there's kind of these other things that you can maybe kind of try and create or experiences people are are making that aren't uh, necessarily the usual kind of video game type thing Gotcha. So, um, like, did you go to school for making games or were you in school for like, say, uh, computer science and did you kind of steered yourself toward games? Uh, like what's your background? 
Yeah, so I I grew up with a uh, in a kind of I guess a my mom was a musician and my dad was an artist and so I kind of grew up in this artistic family and so um, I went to school and I kind of always had art in uh, in the forefront of what I was making and creating and stuff like that and so I got an undergraduate degree in um, fine arts um, and basically outside of the normal little jobs here and there, um, I worked as a worked with kids and as an educator for most of my life, whether it was my first job at, at 14, like as a junior counselor, uh, all the way up to like running uh, before and after school programs, and then uh, ultimately becoming a uh, grade school teacher um, for a handful of years after undergrad. Um, that was kind of where I where I came to be. And, you know, I was, um, never really had a computer science background. Uh, I never had that kind of programming element. It was more just, I was in the creative kind of artistic side of things. Um, until I went back to, to graduate school just recently, these last couple of years, uh, after I was out of school for a handful of years. And that's where I kind of learned the computer science and programming side and was able to, you know, learn how to program a game like Membrane. So, um, you know, I'm sure that there's a lot of people who are listening who are thinking to themselves, well, I, I would like to make a game myself. Yeah. Uh, what, when you were making uh, Membrane, first off, how do I want to phrase this? I guess, like, what programming languages did you use to make this game that eventually ended up on a Nintendo console, which is right. like, that's one of the, that's one of the goalposts right there is, can you get right. your game on a Nintendo? Right. Yeah. Um, so the whole thing was written in C sharp. Um, and the game, uh, the game was built in unity, which is, you know, a pretty widely used thing from indie, indie devs, uh, all the way up to some, some bigger game companies as well are using it now. And, um, yeah, that, that's that's the that's what it was. Yeah, it's all C sharp and just used Unity to put it all together. And um, yeah, is uh, Membrane on any other platforms, or is it just on Nintendo Switch for now? Currently, it's just on the Switch. Um, it was kind of a decision that uh, Jess and I made since we're such a small team and kind of you know um, doing doing all of it ourselves and and you know working really hard to just uh, get it out there and and make it really you know, as good as we possibly can. Um, so we wanted to make sure we focused on kind of one console and one, one launch at a time. Uh, since, you know, as we kind of were going down this road of finishing the game and then, you know, coming on board with Nintendo to, to make it run on the switch and learning, you know, how to work with their hardware and how to make it run and, and perform correctly. It was, um, you know, we didn't want to spread ourselves too thin on trying to like, make it run on multiple, multiple consoles. Um, and so, yeah, it's just on switch now, but we're looking for sure. It's probably going to come out like on computer or steam PC, Mac, uh, spring or summertime. Um, uh, we'd love to bring it to other consoles if that becomes a, a possibility, but, um, yeah. So, all right. You are, this is your freshman, uh, your, your, your freshman game. You've never made a game before. How is it that somebody who's never been in a game, bef uh, made a game before and is not actually in the industry, 
mm-hmm. how is it that you get matched up with Nintendo? <clears throat> uh, because for the most part, they're pretty closed off from what I've heard traditionally about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think, um, I mean, this is definitely my first uh, like console release game. You know, this is the biggest biggest game I've, I've ever made. But, um, you know, one thing that, that Jess and I both really pride ourselves on and kind of is ultimately part of the reason that we, you know, became best friends and, and, you know, became partners and all that stuff is we both are very, have been very creative in lots of different outlets and, and spent a lot of our time, you know, making a ton of stuff, whether it's art or music, painting, sculpture, um, media arts, things like that. And, you know, we've just spent the better part of 10 or 15 years just making as much as we can and trying to be creative like every single day. Um, and, you know, I was doing a lot of art and, and music stuff and um, teaching full time, uh, which I love and, you know, kind of stumbled upon this graduate program at NYU. And it is their kind of whole approach is this this fine arts uh, approach to game design instead of a computer science type maybe school or approach um, and it seemed kind of like the perfect place for me because of my background and because you didn't have to necessarily have a programming background to just get in at all um, and so you know once I got into the school I just basically spent two years working 24 seven on, on game design and programming and everything I could and really, really worked, worked my butt off and, um, you know, ended up just, uh, making something that I felt really proud of and, and thought was a really good polished product and, um, you know, decided to try and go all out and see if I could, you know, kind of fulfill a lifelong dream of having a game on Nintendo system and, and uh yeah that's that's kind of how it how it started so did they have like an application that you could send in or did somebody like at the school have have like a contact or did nintendo say hey we've we've seen your uh your work um you want to bring that to the switch how did that work um so ultimately you know i i like i said i you know have been a fan of games and into games and kind of tried to be as a part of the community as I could just making stuff um, on my own and putting stuff out online or whatever. And I knew that, you know, uh, last spring, you know, the Nintendo or Nintendo was releasing the switch. And I, you know, I know that um, through my own research and just through, like you said, you know, hearing what you've heard from other people that Nintendo has you know, in even the last decade ish, like had a different relationship with indie developers. Um, but the indie developer community and, and just, uh, acceptance in the world of gaming has changed so much in the last decade. And, um, people are really starting to appreciate and see the kind of creative and original things that indie devs are doing. And, um, you know, realizing that sometimes, they can be just as great and polished products as these bigger companies. Um, and so I think Nintendo has been trying to jump on board with that and, and realizing, uh, that there is this market for, for indie developers. Um, and so I really spent 
a lot of time and put together I had this this game that I was been working on for half a year a little little more and I had a really solid build of it I thought it was unique and creative and really proud of it and I worked really hard to put together a pitch and a presentation um, for my game and for the product and why I thought it would be good uh, on the switch and I um, reached out to them and at, at that time they were kind of uh, kind of looking for developers. Like I had seen some things online that were saying, you know, like if you're interested in developing, you can kind of try and reach out or this or that. Um, and, you know, it ended up being a long process where I had to kind of talk with people and go through this whole kind of uh, thing. But um, they really liked the game and thought it was original and creative and looked cool and weird and uh, something that they they felt um, they wanted to kind of get behind. And... Um, you know, they allowed me to make it and put it out on their system, which is uh, which I'm really thankful for, and ultimately really, really happy and proud uh, proud of where it's come. Awesome. Yeah. So, you know, I I don't remember who said it, but at some point somebody said that a game is never finished; it is only abandoned. Uh, <laughs> what is one thing that you wish that you had done differently or one thing that you felt like you had to leave out just because of time constraints or something like that, uh, with okay. membrane. Wow. That's a great, that's a great question. And something that, yeah, for sure is, um, I don't know if I've heard that quote, but that's a really good one. Uh, makes total sense and is very, very apt. Um, I will, let's see. Um, hmm. I guess that I, you know, as as the game was kind of coming into form, I had this different narrative for the game, and it was something that wasn't quite right in its in its initial kind of uh, um, culmination within the game itself, and it was something that just wasn't wasn't fitting with the rest of the game, and it felt like it was taking away from the level to level kind of interaction, and we kind of scrapped it because we knew that if if we wanted to make this narrative what we what we hoped it could be and knew it could be if we spent time on it. It was just going to take too much time and resources, um, and it was something we didn't want, you know, in a way to to spend that time on because we kind of had this internal timeline of when we wanted the game to release. Um, and we sat down and worked a lot on kind of trying to come up with something else. And, uh, you know, Jess was the one that had the original idea for what is the kind of narrative arc of the game now. Um, and it's something that in retrospect now, I'm actually like really happy with what it is and super, I love what it is now and, and in its kind of simplicity and, and its framing. Um, but it's something that I do think about from time to time is like, Oh, it'd be interesting to see where that could have went as the narrative. Um, but ultimately, you know, some things you have to kind of, decide what features or what uh things you have to cut or keep um so yeah that that would be my guess all right you mentioned the narrative and mm -hmm. i'm gonna say right now for anybody yep. who's listening who hasn't touched the game and interacted with it past <clears throat> the tutorial uh skip ahead for a couple minutes but i just want to ask this question because okay. Uh, hopefully they've skipped ahead by now. Um, yeah. Like the moment at the it's 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 it, it's very early in the game, but that moment where you first see like the outline of the body, right? And <laughs> like when it like 
I, you can see this in my in my preview on YouTube. Yeah, I was just uh, gonna say that. Yeah, yeah. When I discovered that that's what the game was, where yeah. you're uh, you're like a, an electrical signal going from the brain to the hand to swat this fly. Now I yeah. haven't finished the game yet because there's some puzzles that are uh, stumping me, and I'm still working my way through it. But am I yeah. right about that? That's what's going on here. Yeah, you're spot on. That's a yeah, and actually. It's funny because there's, uh, yeah, you're, you're spot on with the narrative and, you know, there's, um, there's terminology in the game or like, you know, we don't necessarily name everything, name the character, name exactly what your, your little red bricks are called or anything like that. So like, it's interesting to see different players, whether or not it's previews or reviews or let's plays of, of people and what they call different things. Um, but I think you're the first person that called it a, an electrical signal, a brain signal, which is what it the do the little yellow character's name is we've been calling him sig s-i-g which is oh, short brilliant for, short for signal um and most people you know most people do well maybe it's 50 50 or a little more that when they see that outline of the body they're like oh this is what it is you're like swatting the fly uh this is like a very long abstract version of that split second moment when you try and swat a fly um but uh, I, I don't know. It was just interesting that you actually called it a signal, which is uh, which was kind of where the the character's name comes from. And yeah, that's a, spot on. Is uh, is what you what you thought? And I did notice it in your preview, and it was great because um, it's a, it's a very nice moment, and we love when when people see that and then they get it right away, which has been happening, uh, which is awesome. Yeah, I felt really bad that I said it out loud, I was like, oh man, that totally probably, for somebody who hasn't seen the game, that probably spoiled it for them. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I wish that I hadn't recorded that because it was such a cool moment. And yeah. I thought about editing it out, but I also thought at the same time, like for somebody who hadn't seen it, like that might draw them into the game because I just thought that that was such a yeah. clever uh, narrative for this game. Because at first, when I first saw the, like the really oddball uh, art, I was like, what is going on here? This is so bananas. What is happening? Uh, yeah. And then when it all came together at the end of the t tutorial, I just wanted to high five you guys because I was like, nice. I was so impressed. I thought oh, that was it. awesome. Love it. That's so sweet. I, uh, yeah. High we can high five right now. And uh, there you go. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's great. Thanks for saying that. And um, it's, it's funny because yeah, it's such like a simple thing and it's actually something that I feel the moment that Jess had the idea, it was like one of those things that I always think that people that write like awesome movies or books or things when they get like that really brilliant idea and then they make this like awesome story out of it, except it was like this tiny moment in time that was kind of really mediocre um, and monotonous. Like in a way I was like, oh, it's even better. I love it. It's just like such a, a thing that we've all done when we see a, like a fly or there's, you know, some fly bothering us. Um, but yeah, it's, it's great. All right, so we're about to wrap this up. I have got a couple more questions for you. Uh, first off, what is the hardest part of your job? Man, what is the hardest part of my job? Um, in 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 relation to membrane or just at, in game design in general? Uh, you, you, up to you. Up to me. All right. Um, that's a good question. I'm going to say... And maybe it's kind of answers both questions in this and uh, or both uh, in membrane and just in general. But I think that, um, you know, finding creating a, a game or some kind of interactive piece of, of media when 
somebody can play it and pick it up for the first time and there's this kind of perfect split of uh, them understanding it and being comfortable with what they're doing and also that uh, other side where they're excited and kind of confused and excited about the, the possibilities and they don't necessarily know what's happening. And I think especially with, you know, uh, games or interactive art, it's there's that perfect balance where you want you don't want somebody to just like pick it up and like be able to just blow through it and know exactly what's happening because that's not really fun. And there needs to be this, you know, I guess it's kind of difficulty in a way, but um, I like to think of it more as this balance where you want players to be in a little bit of a unknown territory where they feel not scared or anything like that, but it's like exciting, you know, when you kind of have, you don't necessarily know what's going to happen and you're, you're assuming that the designer is going to guide you along and not just throw you into a, a pit that has no light and no guidance. Um, and that's like a really delicate thing in game design, especially because, you know, with a movie, it's just going to, it's going to happen for two hours, no matter what, or an, an, an album or something, you know, you put it on and you may be a little confused by it, but it's just going to play through where a game, like somebody has to actually do it and get through it. And so there's this really delicate balance between, you know, guiding the player, but also letting them explore and, and figure things out on their own. And there's, it's just really hard to perfect and something that I think nobody, even the best game designers in the world still struggle with, even though they're making stuff that is really well done. Um, but it ultimately takes, you know, this really takes a lot of playtesting, a ton of playtesting, a ton of uh, just getting your game in people's hands all the time. And that in itself is scary because you want to make sure it's perfect and what it is in your mind before you let people play it. And, you know, I think it's the beauty of games, too, is this interactive element where you you give your art to somebody else and let them make what they want out of it and, and figure out what to do with it. Um, but you know, it doesn't always work and, you know, it's definitely with membrane, we made some design decisions to not overly tell you what to do or overly kind of guide you down. This is the one thing to do. Um, but there's moments when, you know, people, even with the narrative, like yourself there, I remember when you were like, Oh wait, is this, and you like got it and you figured it out, even though there was kind of this uncertainty in a way, um, or when players, figure out certain ways to use the the control or like the bricks in the game and in building a ladder for themselves or building this or that. And they like, you can hear them kind of be like, ah, aha, like a little light bulb goes on in their head, um, which is super satisfying for them. And it wouldn't happen if I just like told them you can do all these things specifically. <laughs> um, and so it's like a weird balance and it's something that's really scary and, and very hard to perfect and something that's you know, still working on. But you know what that answer right there, uh, mm -hmm. that tells me that you were an educator because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I don't know if you know this about me, yeah, but yeah. I'm, I'm a science teacher and, um, there's a guy who is, uh, have you ever heard of Bozeman science? Bozeman science. I don't know if I have. He's huge on YouTube. His name's Paul Anderson. And he has this whole thing about never kill the wonder by telling the student what right. it is that they're supposed to learn. And yeah. you just totally summed up that exact same thing with game design. You you don't want to kill the players 
uh, interest yeah. in your game by handing it to them. Right. Uh, and I think that that's a, that's a great answer. And I think that's an answer that, that probably only a teacher would come <laughs> up with. Uh, nice. so I really appreciate that. Thanks. Yeah. That I appreciate you saying that. Thank you. Um, the, I guess the last thing that I have a question for you is what is something that you do for fun that has absolutely nothing to do with video games? Great question. Um, yeah, uh, I guess, uh, seems boring. I guess we'd like to, uh, play music is something I love to do. Um, been in a handful of bands. My wife, Jess and I have a band together. Um, we haven't played as much as we did a couple years ago because of the membrane, but, um, love to play music. I also, well, I guess exercising in sports doesn't count cause it's kind of a game, but, um, yeah, I'll go with music and cooking. I love to cook too. Awesome. And I, the follow-up is, have you ever thought about making a game about that? Oh, all right. Um, yeah, you know, I'll, I've made a handful, like a couple little experiments of like musical games that are more like interactive music tools um, because I really like weird audio experimentation stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but cooking is something I've definitely like been uh, thinking about of you know, games, cause there's so many cooking specific games out there. And then there's games like that have cooking in them. It's like a side quest thing or something si like, uh, you know, outside of the main, uh, uh, interaction of the game. Um, but yeah, I think, I mean, food is just so weird and cool and like, there's so many different ways to approach it. And I think I'd love to make something, some kind of game about food and, and, uh, and cooking. that was different. I don't know. Someday. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show, Seth. I really appreciate it. Uh, why don't you tell everybody where they can find your stuff? Yeah. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's been a pleasure. And um, yeah, you can find Membrane on the Nintendo eShop uh, right now for ten bucks, nine ninety nine. It's available uh, in well, the Switch isn't region locked, but it's available right now in North America or with a North American account. And then right now, we're actually currently. Uh, putting it, uh, getting it through certification. So it'll be out in Australia and Europe by the end of this month. And, um, you can find us on Twitter, uh, at membrane game, um, also online. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's where you can find us. Awesome. Thanks again for coming on and, uh, uh keep up the good work. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. 